Good morning, friends. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor at Vernonia Church, and I want to say welcome to our online worship experience here today. I'm so glad that you chose to join us, and I hope that God has something special for you to experience because of what we do today. Hey, in just a few moments, we're going to be diving into our teaching series where we've been talking about, it's our Christmas series, we've been talking about Christmas carols, and in just a few moments, I'll be sharing with you a message about away in the manger, and it's going to be a great day. I have a few things I'd like to ask you first before we do anything else. I want to encourage you that uh, in some ways that will help you make the most out of your online worship experience. One of the things I want to encourage you to do is I want to encourage you to interact with us. If you're joining us on on a platform where you can interact with us while we're doing this service, be sure to do that. If you're on Facebook or YouTube or on our website uh, and it directs you over, go ahead and, and leave Leave comments, leave messages, uh, interact with the message. When I ask you questions, you know, answer them or, or say amen when we pray or let us know how we can be praying for you. Or, or if something just kind of touches your heart, go ahead and, and let us know, you know, uh, repeat what you heard that that was just good, you know, and, and be sure to interact with the messages. I think that will help you get a lot out of it. It also lets your online church know that you're there with them and, and, and whether you're there live during the live a broadcast or whether you're listening later still interact because that interaction sort of builds this online community experience we're having as we as we worship together I want to encourage you to do that also want to encourage you if something that's said today or something that happens today in this series or in this message that that kind of touches your heart, if it makes a difference to you, if God kind of connect, makes a connection with you today because of what we do, I want to encourage you to be sure to share it with somebody. Maybe share it on your, uh, maybe share it, uh, on your page. Maybe share it share somewhere. Uh, help us as a church to be a blessing to the people that you care about in your life. Help us and make the most out of the opportunity to use our social media to make a difference and to spread the message of the gospel. So be sure to be utilizing the tools God's given you that way and, and just interact and connect when you're online with us. Also want to encourage you along that vein to uh, be sure to like and subscribe whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, or you're listening on Spotify or one of the other apps where on. Uh, I want to encourage you, be sure to like and subscribe and hit that sub notification bell so that you can know when new messages are coming out and you can stay connected with us. Uh, Go ahead and be sure to do that. Do that right now, actually, if you can. I would love to have you uh, join us in doing that. It also, it helps us as a church to reach out to more people, helps us as a church to, to show that we're making a difference, whether it's through whatever social media we're on. Uh, It really, really does help if you like and subscribe and hit that sub notification bell. So be sure to do that. And while we're talking about what we can be doing for one another, I want to talk about what I would like to do for you. I would love to be praying for you. I'd love for our church to be praying for you. And you can let us know how we can be praying for you, whether it's through the comments or if you have things that that are a little more private that you want to send to us, prayer requests. Be sure to make the most out of our online uh, online webpage where you can send us prayer requests. If you just go to www.vernonia, that's V-E-R-N-O-N-I-A dot 
church. If you go there, there's a tab that you can click, a, a button you can click right on the, the front page even w- that will take you to a prayer request spot. And you can just send us prayer requests, ways that we can be praying for you. I would love to be praying for you. So be sure to make the most of that. Also, one last thing before we jump in and, and begin our worship time together is I want to encourage you, if you've never been with us before, if this is your very first time hanging out online with Vernonia Church, I uh, want to give you a gift. We have a book called Unshakable. It's how, about how to have unshakable faith when when times are tough. And I'd love to put one of those books in your hands and so uh, as our gift to you for being our guest. And so just let us know if we can do that for you. Send Put in the comments, Unshakable book, or send us a private message. Uh, send us a message that says Unshakable book, and we will find a way to get that book into your hands. Okay, well, well that's all the that's all the beginning stuff. I want to make sure I got out of the way. Now what I want to do is I just want to dive in and pray together. We're going to be thinking about uh, this song, Away in a Manger, and uh, we're, we're going to be thinking about the Lord Jesus today. And so let's go together and pray to this Jesus who is the Lord, this Jesus who we're celebrating at Christmas time on Christmas, the Sunday before Christmas, we're celebrating the Lord Jesus. Let's go together with him or let's go together to him and pray to this Lord who, who is Jesus. Lord, Lord God, we come before you right now and, and we just, we come before you and we praise you together. God, we come before you and we, we know that you are the Lord. You are the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And God, you, as the Lord, entered into our world. And that Christmas morning, it could be said that the Lord was born. And what a, what a thought, what, a, what almost a, 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 a crazy idea to wrap our heads around. That the Lord, the eternal God, the God who uh, has, has created all things, entered into his own creation. And on that morning, on that day, it could be said that the Lord put skin on, became one of us, and the Lord was born. And yet, God, we know that uh, you didn't stay that little Lord Jesus in a manger, but you, you, you grew and you lived this life and, and, and had this ministry of love and teaching and, and challenging. And, and God, you, you died on a cross. The Lord Jesus, he died for us on that cross and, and offered us life forever. And he rose from the dead and, and gave us the chance to know him as the risen Lord. And God, as, as Lord, I pray that you will help us get to, get to a place where we continually acknowledge your lordship, where we continually see you and, and see you as the Lord, where we, where we abide in you as our Lord, where we obey you as our Lord, where we listen to you as our Lord, and we follow you as our Lord. God, so often we, uh, so often we neglect the idea that you're the Lord. We, we like to take the lordship into our own hands. We want to be the Lord of our own life. And yet, God, you tell us that if we're willing to let go of our life and take a hold of the life that you give, that we will gain so much more. And I pray, God, for all of us who are joining here online, that we would, that we would welcome your lordship into our life. 
Because no one else, no other Lord, no other leader, no other person in, in all of history has ever shown us the kind of love and, and demonstrated the kind of power that you have. And so, God, we come to you, the Lord Jesus, ready to worship. It's in Jesus' name we all prayed and said together, Amen. And if you're at home, you're saying, Amen. <laughs> Which means, by the way, let this be. Let this happen. What I just prayed, Amen. It, it means, let this be. I, I want this to happen. I want this to be. It's, it's you saying, I agree. So, so Amen, right? A- amen to that. Well, uh, let's go ahead and we'll dive into our message. So I want to dive into this message where we're going to talk about a way in the manger. You know, when my kids were born, each one of them, I had a special song that I would sing to them. I'm not a singer. I've said that a bazillion times in this series. Uh, this 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 vocal box was not made for singing. Uh, it, I, I, I enjoy speaking. I enjoy teaching. Um, but singing's not a thing. But I, I do enjoy to sing. I, I love singing. I love singing in worship and church. I love uh, even belting it out. Uh, one of the things that I did is when I had, uh, when we had our kids, I've got three kids, and, and each one of them, they had their own song, and I would hold them as babies. I would sing this little tune to them. It probably wouldn't sound like any song or tune that that you would recognize. I mean, I just kind of made it up. And and every once in a while, now that my kids are older, they'll be like, Dad, sing me that song that, that used to sing me. And, uh, you know, what what was that song you used to sing me? Well, I don't always remember all the words to them now. I do kind of remember them. And just last night, I was trying to remember all the words to one of them and kind of going through them all in my head. And, and I'm not going to sing them for you, but, but just this idea that uh, I used to have a song for each kid. It was a song I would used to try to sing them to sleep. It was a song I would use to let them know I loved them, and I would just hold them. I would I would sing the songs to them, and and I would just have these tiny little humans <laughs> that I, that I was holding and and, and singing to. Well, this song, uh, th- this song, this Christmas carol we're talking about today, uh, it, it's one of those songs that you think of when you think of little children or think of a baby. It's a song that takes us to the story of Jesus' birth and the. Christmas morning where we we have this tiny little human who we're holding on to and we're yet we're thinking about how this is the Lord he has come into our world we're going to be singing this song or thinking about this song that we sing this Christmas carol away in the manger at one time it was called Luther's uh, Luther's cradle song they called it that because it was it was one time thought that maybe Martin Luther, the great German uh, reformer, had written this song. And, and since then, there's been debates about who wrote this song and who was really the author of this song. It's been, it's been given cr- credited to different preachers and theologians over the years. Probably the most common is Martin Luther. But this song, it was first, it was first printed in the late 1800s as Sunday 
Sunday school curriculum, and and this this song sort of became a hit. It started spreading widely, and people started loving it during the Christmas season. They would sing this song, and uh, and this song, "Away in the Manger," it was it was a song that was meant to bring us to that day when Jesus was born. It was meant to bring us to the to the ministry and the life that Jesus lived. It's meant to bring us to a place where where we now think of Jesus, the Lord, looking over us and and caring for us and taking care of us and thinking about the the children. Uh, it's a song that sort of touches our hearts when it comes to Christmas and and when we sing Christmas carols. I, I recently heard Max Licato speaking. And he said, you know, this is a year where we need some Christmas in our Christmas, don't we? We need to celebrate some Christmas this year. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. It's 2020. We're in Christmas season 2020, still kind of on the tails of, of, a, of a year dealing with a pandemic and all kinds of stuff. And we're in a season where we really could use some Christmas. I'm sitting right next to a giant, like, 24-foot Christmas tree off to my right. I wish I could show it to you. I'm sitting here and we're decorated in the church for Christmas. And, you know, it really is just helpful to feel the sense of Christmas. And and having a series where we're talking about Christmas carols and going kind of to the traditional Christmas time songs, it, it sort of brings Christmas alive for us. It, it's a year where we need to remember that Jesus came and God kept his promise with his coming and that Jesus still keeps his promises when it it comes to his return when he comes again and and Christmas is sort of a reminder of all that and we can celebrate God's promises we could celebrate the arrival of Jesus and we could celebrate the Lord Jesus together as we celebrate Christmas this is the words of this song uh, Christmas Carol the words of of uh, of away in the manger uh, they say this away in a manger no crib for a bed the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. Oh, man, just the thoughts that come out of this song, the theological implications, right? That that all of a sudden, God himself is now not above the stars, but below them with the stars looking down. He's in a, he's in a, a manger, uh, no crib for a bed even. And the stars in the sky looked down where he lay, the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. And then we move to verse 2. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, but the little Lord Jesus, no crying, he makes. I want to kind of pause right there real quick because maybe he's not crying right now, but let me tell you, Jesus cried. (laughs) We know that he wept later on over heartbreak and and as a baby, he was still a human baby. You know, don't, don't, don't get the image that this Jesus is all of a sudden he's not human like he's not going to cry like a baby no he cried he cried and 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 so don't don't let this song kind of mess with your head in terms of Jesus was fully man and fully God at the same time and and he cried as a baby he did all the things a baby does but just the implications that that this moment it's a quiet it's a beautiful moment we're holding the Lord Jesus he's awakened and then we move in through the song I love thee Lord Jesus Look down from the sky. 
all of a sudden we've made a transition. We're singing this song about the Lord Jesus in the cradle and now we're asking him who's above the stars once again to look down from the sky, look down on us and stay by my cradle till morning is nigh. And so we're singing now a song to our kids. We're singing about how we want Jesus to look down on them or or look down on us who are his children. Be near me, the verse 3 says, be near me, Lord Jesus, as I uh, ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children, the, the kids of God, the children of God, the Christians. Bless all the ch- dear children in thy tender care and fit us for heaven to live with thee there. And what a nice song. I mean, the song starts out with this warm picture, this birth of the baby Jesus, but don't miss the transition that happens here. And don't miss one important word. I believe it's the most important word in the song. I believe that because in three verses, this word shows up five different times. Five different times we read a description or a title of Jesus as we go through this song. And it's the word Lord. This song, it reminds us that, that Jesus is Lord. This, he's the Lord who moves from the cradle, or, or sorry, the manger with no cradle for a bed, right? He moves from the manger to the heavens to watching over me and watching over you and being with us into eternity forever. The Lord Jesus is the theme of this song. And I want to take that theme and, and use that theme as the conversation we have today as we kind of study here and we think about what the Bible tells us about the Lord Jesus. You know, this song, it reminds us that he is the Lord. And what a reminder for a Christmas season, especially a season when we need some Christmases in our Christmas, as Max Lucado said, right? We need the Lord this Christmas. We need to remember the Lord and, and yield to the Lord and, and we remember we need to we need to connect with the Lord and have the experience with the Lord this Christmas and this song it reminds us that this Jesus we worship at Christmas time he is the Lord just say that out loud with me right now it maybe you can type it in the comments below um, but I want you to say it out loud whether you're listening in your car whether you're at home on your couch or you're together around a computer or you're watching on your phone wherever you are just declare it out loud right now Jesus is Lord on the count of three one two three Jesus is Lord he's the Lord this song repeats it five times but you know the New Testament will repeat that idea over 700 times Throughout the books of the New Testament, the the idea that Jesus Christ is the Lord, it will be an idea that will be repeated over 700 times throughout the New Testament. I mean, God really wants us to get this idea that this Jesus is Lord, that he's the Savior, that he's the Messiah, that he is the Lord. Even from the very beginning of the story, 
We've turned to those shepherds outside of the city of Jerusalem several times as we've talked about Christmas carols. It seems like just about every carol kind of takes us there. And, and we go to the, the story of these shepherds outside. And, and in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, and it says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, uh, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. He's the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. I mean, this idea is an idea we hear all the time around the church. You might hear someone say, oh yeah, I believe in the Lord, or or yeah, he's my Lord, or someone gets baptized and, and someone says, hey, have you really made him your Lord? And there's this conversation where we call Jesus the Lord a lot, especially around church. But but when we use this word around church, I think we... we uh, we assume everybody knows what that means. And so it's a common word that we lose the meaning of a little bit because we use it so much. And, and then when we use it outside of the church, people are kind of wondering, what, what do you mean he's the Lord? What, what's that mean? Why, why are you calling him the Lord? And so I want to just kind of talk about this word a little bit. It is a familiar word that we kick around a lot, but, but what's the word Lord really mean? The word in the New Testament that's used for Lord when it describes Jesus is a word that means to be a ruler. It means to be a master. It means to be a commander or someone who's in charge. It means to be the one who's running everything and controlling everything. It means to be someone who owns it, who owns something and has possession of something. They're the Lord over that thing. And so when we talk about Jesus as Lord, we realize that there are a lot of Lords out there. There are a lot of people who had lordship during Jesus' day that might have carried a title of Lord. And so when we talk about Jesus, we're realizing that he's the Lord of all. He's the Lord over everything. It says in scripture that he created all things and by him all things were created and for him all things that were made, that, that were made have been made. So he, he is the Lord over everything. In fact, he's not just the Lord over everything. He's the Lord over all lords. He's the Lord of lords. That's what that means. That there is no Lord who has more authority, more possession, more command, more, more, more power than this Lord Jesus does. And so when we call him Lord, we're talking about someone who has all authority and who has all control and who has all power and all possession over all things. And it's interesting when we sing this song, Away in the Manger. I think one of the reasons this song is, ends up being a Christmas song we enjoy is because when we sing this song, we're singing this song with the idea of verse 1 in our minds. And, and in our minds, this Lord of Lords is somewhat manageable in that verse. I mean, you have the Lord and he's a baby. You have the Lord and he's in a manger and, and he's a he's a baby being carried around and, and burped and diaper changed and, and he's a baby that even though the song says doesn't cry, I think he did cry and, and he's a, he's a manageable Lord when he's that baby in the manger. He's manageable and, and he's not really a contender for lordship of my life, for control over my life. And, and so we, we think in terms of, you know what? Yeah, he's Lord, but he's a manageable Lord with this song. 
I want to encourage you to not not go there in your heart. When it comes to Christmas and when it comes to the season of Christmas, don't go to a place where you're leaving Jesus in the manger as that manageable baby Jesus, uh, that manageable baby Lord. Because really, if we realize that this Lord grew up, he lived a life of teaching and ministry and he died on a cross he rose from the dead and and now he reigns at the right hand of God and and he is the Lord of Lords the King of Kings and and he's not so manageable like that baby Jesus we want to realize that that he moved during his during his life he moved from a place of lordship in a manger to lordship in the heavens looking down I think one of the reasons we like to leave him in that manger, though, to leave him as the baby is because we don't have much competition for control over our life. And that's one of the implications of Jesus as Lord. You know, the implication is that if Jesus is the Lord of Lords, then I'm not. If Jesus is the Lord and he's the ultimate and supreme authority, then I'm not. And I need to get to a place where I acknowledge his lordship. I need to get myself to a place where I submit to his lordship and I yield myself to his lordship. I I need to get to a place where I make him my lord and, and the lord of all of my life. Not because in making him that I actually make him anything, but because in in making him that in my heart, I'm acknowledging who he really is. Don't mistake the idea for, for make him Lord to, for the idea that you're actually making him anything because he'll be what he is, whether, whether you're involved in it or not. And we struggle with this idea of lordship. I think a lot of the Christian life is a struggle with, with whether I'm being Lord or whether I'm letting Jesus be Lord. And I want to encourage you to use this Christmas season as a season to let Jesus win in the struggle. Stop competing with him for that lordship because most of us, if we're talking about lordship, if we're honest, we would say, you know what? We wrestle with giving up control. And we do, don't we? We wrestle with giving up control. We like to have control over things. We like to be in charge of things. Even those of you who would say, well, I don't like to be in charge. You would have things that, that you like to be in charge of. Things in your life that you want to have just the way you need them to be or you feel out of sorts. We want to control everything we can. And we want people to do what we want them to do. We want people to say what we want them to say. We want people to believe things that, that we agree with we want people to go along with us I mean we like to have control now many of you I have a feeling have someone in your family or or maybe you're that person in your family who really likes control and and I just want to take this little quiz with you to see if you have someone or if you're someone who likes to have control and, and so here's a little quiz I'm just going to ask you a few questions you can leave answers in the comments if you'd like so how about this one if you have a hard time being in the passenger seat of a car without saying anything or 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 raising uh your your hands in like oh what's going on oh what are you doing or 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 holding on and and getting white knuckled if you have a hard time being the passenger in the car without 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 being a backseat driver 
that maybe you struggle with control. And I'm just curious, are any of you people that have a hard time letting someone else drive? And if you are with somebody who has a hard time letting other people drive, just tell on them. Go ahead and tell on them. Uh, If they're not being honest, you just tell on them. Well, Well, how about this one? If you have the TV remote in your hands, and you just cannot give it up. If you have to have the remote, if you're all sitting down trying to watch something, you're the one who's flipping through things, making the choices, and and you just have to have the remote, then maybe you like control. Or how about this one? If everybody else's ideas are bad, but yours are good, even when they're the same ideas, then maybe you struggle with control. If you're a person who who everyone in your life would say, well, you don't like things unless it's your idea, then maybe you have a control, a controlling personality. Maybe you like to have control. And and if you're not admitting to it right now, maybe someone will tell on you and and say, that's you. You're you're somebody that that doesn't have that that has has a control thing there. How about this one? If you make your list for the day and and you're a list maker, you planned your day out and people come in and interrupt your day and things go out of sorts and you you, you just feel like your whole day fell apart because you lost control over what you were doing that day. If that's you, maybe you struggle a little bit with with control. Uh, Or this one, if you're cooking in the kitchen or you walk into the kitchen and someone else is cooking and you have to say something about how it's being, things are being cooked or or what flavoring they should be putting on it or you're giving little advice and maybe you have a control issue and if you do just admit it say I struggle with that you know I got to tell people how to cook stuff in our kitchen or in the kitchen or or whatever you're, you're not a backseat driver you're like a backseat cook you know you, you struggle with that uh, and and how about this one we're coming into Christmas season right now if, if you have a plan or an idea of the perfect Christmas day and you need it all to happen the way that you want it to happen in order for it to be the perfect Christmas day then maybe maybe you have a control issue uh, well I'll be honest with you I have a control issue I'm a co- I, I like to have control over things I'm actually the guy uh, I'm pretty good in the back seat of the car but I walk into the kitchen I gotta have something to say about how things are being done you know because I because well I, I just want to make sure they're done right well I don't know about you but do you have a control thing or an area where where you struggle with control um, maybe I didn't describe you when it came to that but I would be willing to bet that there are things that that you still have to have control in and especially when it comes to Jesus as Lord you struggle giving up control of some things but the whole idea that Jesus is Lord is saying to him I'm not in control Uh, the one who came on Christmas was the one who should be in control the one who knows best the one who knows what's best for me the one who knows all the good ins and outs of this world he's the one that should be in control the one who who gave his life for me on the cross the one who raised his own life up from death he should be the one controlling my life Life, the one that I'm, I'm submitting to and, and, and yielding myself to, he should be the Lord, not me. And yet, we still struggle. We struggle because we want to be in control over some things, and, and we struggle with the idea of, the, uh, of him being the Lord. And so we might talk about these little uh, 
these funny humorous or or maybe in some of your families not so humorous things that we might deal with control like the, the driving or the the tv remote or or whatever but what about more serious things what about more serious things where where I struggle letting Jesus kind of show me how to do it right or how to do it better? I struggle in areas like uh, like my marriage. If if Jesus is Lord and He's telling me I ought to be doing this or I ought to be thinking that or I ought to be loving my wife as as Christ loved the church or wives I ought to be uh, loving loving your husbands as Christ loved the church and, and the advice that He gives in Scripture and the teachings that we find in Scripture about how to be a good husband or a wife and and we want to be Lord and we want to do it our way and yet we know if we did it if we make Jesus Lord and and we do we yield to Him in our marriage then we'll find that that a lot of the problems in our marriage go away. We'll find that our marriage will be stronger and healthier and and happier and and we'll find more more purpose and peace and but we still struggle. We still come home and want to do things our way cuz we don't want to submit to his lordship. Well, what about lordship over my money? You know, I think about lordship over my money. We say, "Well, Jesus is lord, but uh but you know, don't, you're not lord over my wallet or my pocketbook. You're not lord over my uh, my credit cards. You're not lord over my bank account. Uh, and and yet Jesus is the Lord, the Lord of all, the Lord of everything. And so, how do I apply what He teaches me about how to use my money and how to manage my money and and how to give my money? Well, why is it so hard for me to say He's Lord over that? Why is it such a struggle sometimes? Because if he really is the Lord, it shouldn't be. Well, what does it mean, Jesus is Lord, when I'm out Christmas shopping and there's stress in the air and people are, are, are struggling to get all their gifts together? And, and how do I make sure that I'm, I'm showing that Jesus is my Lord when I'm out in the traffic and when I'm out in public and when I'm out uh, at Costco or at Winco or at some grocery store? And, and how do I show that Jesus is my Lord uh, all the time? And so the, the challenge is with this song, you know, the little Lord Jesus didn't stay so little. He now reigns in heaven and is watching and he's the Lord over all. He's not under the stars anymore. He's over them and he is the Lord of all. And I want to just talk about for the rest of our time here together, what it means to, to say, you know what, Jesus, you're the Lord. You are Lord. And I think what it means to say that is it means that I'm saying to him, I yield. I yield. I surrender. I, I yield. I'm going to give all of me to you. And I just want to walk through some thoughts that I think that this song should bring to our minds. Thoughts like this, that, that when I realize that Jesus is Lord and I sing about the Lord Jesus, I, I want to yield everything to Jesus. If I'm really going to make him Lord, if I'm really going to submit to him as Lord, and if I'm really going to say Jesus is my Lord, th- then I'm going to submit to him in everything. Every little thing and big thing will become his thing when it comes to my life. I want to surrender my lordship to him in in all things. And the trouble comes, I think, when we want to pick and choose. 
we want to pick and choose. You know, well, Jesus, you got you get this thing and and then I get that thing and, and you get this thing and maybe I'll give you another thing, but I'm going to keep this thing, too. And and we start going through the things of our life and and we choose pick and choose which ones will be under Jesus lordship. And and there's trouble with that. There's problems with that, because we realize that that if we're picking and choosing what Jesus could be Lord over, then what we're essentially doing as we're telling Jesus, you're not the Lord. I'm the Lord. I'm going to, you know what? You'll, it's, it's kind of like that old joke. I, I don't know if you ever, you ever heard uh, that, uh, that old joke where, where uh, one husband said you know, to another guy, he was telling about how, you know, he's in charge at his house. And he says, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm in charge of everything in my house. And uh, he says, uh, I'm in charge of everything. Uh, that my wife lets me be in charge of. And who's really in charge there, right? And that's just an old, uh, one of them like chauvinist type jokes. But uh, but it's the idea of what that we do with Jesus sometimes, isn't it? Uh, you know, Jesus, I'm going to let you be in charge of some things. And, and then I'm going to not let you be in charge of some things. But when we do that and have that attitude, then what we're doing is we're telling Jesus, you're not the Lord of me. You're not the Lord over me. You're not the Lord uh, of my life. You're the Lord of whatever I let you be Lord of, but but you're not Lord over my life. I'm going to pick and choose the things that I want you to be Lord of, Jesus. You know, I, I, I'm going to call you Lord when I go to church. I'm going to tell other people that I believe in you as Lord. But, but really, uh, there are parts of the Bible that I just think are outdated and unimportant, and they're, they're not really for me. And so, Jesus, I'm not going to keep all of the the things that you taught me to keep and I'm not going to hold on to the teachings that you all the teachings that you taught uh, I'm just going to pick and choose some of them and I'm going to be Lord and, and choose that and, and you know Jesus uh, I'm going to be Lord uh, Monday to Saturday I'm going to be Lord and, and live like I want to and then maybe uh, on a Sunday here and there if I'm the average Christian I'm giving you maybe two Sundays out of every six Sundays and so for about an hour uh, you can be Lord Lord. I'll go to church and I'll sing songs to you about how you're the Lord and and I'll tell you you're the Lord and and we'll be good you know and and then afterwards I'm out because I got things to do you know I got lunch and and I got a busy day the rest of Sunday and so so I'll give you an hour every couple of weeks uh, or, or a couple of weeks every every month or so um but I'll be Lord of all the rest of the time. And so Jesus, yeah, you're my Lord uh, on those days, on the, at those hours. But the rest of the days, psh, they're, they're mine. And, and you know, Jesus, uh, I, I, I'm, I know you tell me that I need to love people, but there are certain people I just don't want to love, so I'm not going to. Uh, and I know that uh, you want me to uh, forgive people. But, you know, there's people that hurt me pretty bad, and I'm just going to hold on to that. And what we do is we pick and choose, don't we? We pick and choose what Jesus is going to be Lord of. But Jesus teaches us that he's an all-or-nothing Lord. Which, by the way, he's all Lord. He gives us the, the ability to freely choose to submit or yield to his Lordship. And one day, he's going to hold us accountable for our choice. But... He says to us, if you're going to call me Lord, if you're going to submit to me as Lord, you need to give it all. You need to give it all to me. And, you know, in, uh, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, 
Jesus said to some people who were trying to kind of play the fence with him a little bit. He said, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? I think we got it twice there for emphasis. They're not just saying Lord. They're saying, oh, you're Lord, Lord, you know, Lord, you're the Lord. Uh, Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? And the question, I guess, is for us as we celebrate Christmas and the Lord Jesus and we sing about away in the manger, you know, the, the Lord Jesus. The question is, are we just calling him Lord? Or are we trusting in him? Are we trusting that he actually knows what he's talking about when he teaches us, that, that he is the Lord of all, that, that his word is the word of God, and, and we don't decide what, what we would like it to say. We let it tell us what we ought to think, and, and we don't decide how we would like to live. We let Jesus teach us how to live and, and how to get the most out of life and how to live in a way that inherits eternal life, and, and we let Jesus teach us and be our Lord, and we really trust in him. When we believe in Jesus and really believe, it it takes a level of trust for that belief to sort of turn into faith, for that belief to turn into a, a belief that makes a difference. There are a couple of ways I think people talk about the idea of believing in Jesus. And, and one of them, I, I think, would be the kind of people that Jesus would say, why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I say? I think that's probably the most popular version of believing in Jesus. Uh, people will say, hey, if you just mentally agree to some ideas, Jesus died on a cross, rose from the dead, uh, you know, then, then you, you believe and everything's okay. But there's a difference between believing in Jesus, believing some ideas about Jesus, and actually trusting in him, having real, substantial faith in him. And I think the difference is, really, it comes down to that word trust. You know, uh, Niagara Falls, it's a... It's an amazing, if you've never been to Niagara Falls, I grew up about 45 minutes away from Niagara Falls. I went there a bunch when I was a kid and went there a bunch as a teenager and hung out with my friends and went to Niagara Falls. Just a, uh, those falls are so big. There's so much water flowing over those falls. I think the the falls fall, they say about 167 feet as the water just goes down. I mean, that's, there, there's some power in those falls. And there's, there's like, I, I think they say that the river above it or, or the, the falls itself is like 1,200 feet wide. Uh, I mean, it is a gigantic, powerful piece of water moving over over a ledge. And I did some dumb things when I was young. I, I went, there's a little island that, that sits between between what they call the Horseshoe Falls and the American Falls, and one year in the uh, in in the winter, the the whole island was sort of iced over, and we went and hung out on that island and played paintball with my friends on that island. and And at one point, we decided to climb over the fence and stand on rocks, looking at the river as it went over the falls. and uh, you know, do not do what what I did as a kid. That was dumb. We should have never done that. But I remember standing there, looking at the power of the water moving around that rock, going down the falls, and and uh, 
you know, I, I could hear Forrest Gump's mom saying stupid is as stupid does, you know, because if any little slip, I mean, it was icy, any little thing. And, and that would have been my life. I mean, I would have just gone over and, and uh, that was that was really dumb stuff to do. Uh, but but I, 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 I say that because I came across a story recently, a story about a guy who is a French tightrope walker that would walk across the falls in the in the 1850s, I believe it was, in the 1850s, he began to do a tightrope act across the falls. He ran a tightrope across the falls, uh, over the top of them, and he would walk on that tightrope. And the first time he did it, a great crowd came together, and he walked across that tightrope, and people were inspired, and, and people began coming out in droves to watch this guy walk across. Uh, his name was his name was Charles Blondin, and he was, he was a French dude who came over to the U.S. to do this show, and so he, he began to sort of improvise it and make it even more exciting. He would go across backwards. He would go across with a blindfold. He would go across with a wheelbarrow. I mean, he did all kinds of interesting things. And, and one day, uh, Charles Blondin, he was about to walk across the river or walk across the top of the Niagara River, across the top of the falls. And he asked the crowd something. He said, do you believe that I can walk across this rope. And everybody, yeah, we believe. We we believe you can do it. And they start cheering him. And then he asked a question. He said, well, who then is willing to let me carry them across to the other side on the rope? All of a sudden, as you can imagine, there wasn't the same level of cheering. People were quiet probably looking at one another awkwardly. And then one man said, I'll do it. And uh, I have a picture here. It's a it's a blurry picture. You can look him up online and find more pictures and more of his story. But this is a picture of Charles Blondin as he carried Harry Colcord across Niagara Falls on his shoulders. He walked across. And you talk about faith and you talk about belief and you talk about trust. And I think calling Jesus Lord, also a lot like the crowd, we believe you can do it, yeah. But really trusting in Jesus and letting him be Lord of everything in your life, well, that's the difference between are you willing to climb up on his shoulders and let him truly be Lord. Trust. It's the difference between faith that makes a difference and faith that doesn't. It, it's the difference between calling Jesus Lord just in, it, it, but j- j- just saying words, and the difference between He really is my Lord. He really is my my leader, my guide. He He really owns me. I've really given Him myself. He bought me with a price on a cross, and 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 I'm His. He is the Lord. It's not the other way around. I don't tell Him or evaluate Him. I don't tell Him what I believe. He tells me what to believe, and and He evaluates me, and and He watches me from above the stars, and He watches me, and He's 
with me as I as I live for him. He's the Lord. And so the first thing that we should think of when we sing this song, Away in a Manger, No Crib for a Bed, the Lord Jesus lay, uh, lay down his head. And, and we think about Lord Jesus, watch me, I pray. You know, and we think about Lord Jesus, be with me forever. When we think about the Lord Jesus, we want to think about how we're saying to him, I give you everything. Finish this thought with this proverb in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And the idea there, the idea is that uh, we might think we know better, but if we trust in the Lord, he knows better. And if we trust in the Lord and do what he's telling us to do, it will turn out better than if we didn't. And so we trust in the Lord with everything. So let's move into the next one. And the next one is this. Uh, I want to trust in the Lord and I want to yield to him everything. And I even yield, and I'm leaving this one blank. I even yield blank to Jesus. And the reason I left this one blank is because this is one you fill in. You know, what is it? I want to encourage you to think of what is it that you're holding back for yourself from God? What is it that you're just not yielding to him? What is it that you haven't been yielding to him? What is it that you've held back from his lordship and you've just struggled with? Do I really give this to Jesus? Do I really trust him with this part of my life? You know, this yielding to Jesus idea, this is yielding to his lordship. I do think it's a process for all of us. You know, most of us have spent our entire lives being our own Lord. We, we spent our entire lives letting someone else be our Lord. And, and we spent a long time uh, not giving God the, the acknowledgement for his lordship that, that we should have. And so it, it takes a while to start to pry things out of our hands and pry things out of our fingers. And I used to play this game uh, with, I remember actually playing it with my grandpa and playing it with my uncles and playing it with my dad. And, and I've even played this with my own kids where, where they would hold their hands out in a fist. And as a kid, I would try to pry their fingers open so I could get their whole hand open and and so man I would just sit there and I would try to pry and I I, I'd usually start with the pinky because it was the weakest finger you know and 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 I didn't realize as a kid that if you hold your hand like this upside down it's really strong it's really powerful and I thought man I can't get it and I would try to open it up and and so Sometimes, though, I wonder if we're not doing that with God playing this game where we're trying to hold on to some things. And, and he was, he's like, man, I'm not going to pry. You have to open your hand because it's all in you. I'm leaving it up to you. Someday you're going you're gonna to wish that you gave me more, but I want you to begin yielding. And over the course of our Christian life, it's like we, we yield one thing, and then we yield another thing, and then we yield, and we struggle and yield and give it up. And, and each time we do, we find freedom. Each time we yield something to Jesus, that's the interesting thing, how this works. We make him Lord, and yet we find ourselves freer than we ever were. We make him Lord, and we find ourselves free to live for him and free to worship him. And, and, and yet we struggle with yielding everything. We, we struggle. We might say, you know, Jesus, I give you my life. 
and we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the coming of Christ. We celebrate his forgiveness, his grace, and all the things that he's given us. And we say, Jesus, your Lord. And maybe if you were to picture like your, your Christian life like a house that you've gone through and, and cleaned up, you know, maybe you, you spent some time cleaning up the, the, the front yard and, and you, you spent some time cleaning up the outside of the house so it looks good from the street. And maybe you cleaned up the entryway to the house and you even cleaned up some of the rooms of your life, but there's this closet. There's this closet in your heart, in your life, where you've been keeping stuff from him. Not that you think you're tricking him or that he doesn't know it's there, because he does. And, and you can't trick him. You can't hide anything from him. He sees all things, knows all things. He knows what's in our heart before we even know what's in our heart. I mean, he knows all about us. But we keep things in that closet. We say, you know what, Jesus, you, you could be Lord of the house, the yard, the front of the house, the maybe the living room, the kitchen, the, but you can't have that closet. And I'm going to put things in that closet that I'm not going to let you have. And, and maybe there are some things in the closet like temper. You know, I, I, I'm going to put my temper in the closet. I'm just going to keep that for me because sometimes I lose my temper and sometimes I, I kind of go out of control and, and, and I'm going to reserve the right to do that. And so I'm going to keep my temper in that closet. Or, or maybe it's insecurity. You know, and, and, and I have this level of insecurity and I'm going to put, uh, put my, my self-esteem in that closet and keep my insecurity. And, and because of that insecurity, I have to control things around me in my life. And if I feel like I'm losing control, I kind of lose it myself and I lose my temper. So we'll put, we'll put my insecurity in there with my temper. Or maybe it's my marriage. And, and I want to do things how I want to do them. You know, I want to I want to live in a way that the world says it's okay to live and and I want to be free. I want to I want to uh you know, frolic here and there and and have have other relationships outside of my marriage or I want to invite some sin into my marriage or I'm going to you know what? My marriage that's mine. And the way I treat my wife, the way I treat my husband, I'm going to keep those things to myself in my closet and Jesus you're not Lord. Not not in my marriage. And so I, I put that in the closet with my temper and my insecurity, and, and there is my marriage. Well, and then I'm going to put my finances in the closet. You know, I, I, you can be Lord of everything, but I'm not tithing. Uh, and, and man, what a, what a sore spot for a lot of Christians. Because I know for a fact that that the statistics tell us that the average Christian who calls Jesus Lord gives less than 2% to their church. That's not tithing. And yet we say Jesus is Lord and, and God is my Lord. And we take our, our finances and we put them in the closet. We say, Jesus, I'll be Lord of everything but that. That's not for you, Jesus. And, and we put it in the closet. And, and maybe in that closet are some sins that we want to hold on to. You know, maybe, maybe it's a sin of lust and, and pornography. And, and, and I'm going to put my, my phone in my closet, Jesus. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't interfere with my phone or my tablet or my, or, or, or my, my computer. That's not for you, Jesus. And we put that in the closet. And you can be Lord of other things, but, but not not that uh, maybe there's a maybe there's a, a an addiction 
literally, I, I know people that they will hide in closets their addictions. They'll they'll hide them under their beds. They'll hide them in their closets. They they've got they've got alcohol all around the house stashed in little places that are hidden. They got alcohol stashed in closets, under beds, or or drugs or whatever it is. We say, Jesus, you can be Lord, but not of that. That's in my closet. And maybe there's a broken relationship that you have in that closet. Maybe there's a a, a, a habit you have. Maybe you gossip a lot or you talk about people a lot and that's in the closet. Or maybe you, you envy what other people have and you let it affect your relationships. And, and you know what? I want what I want and, and that's in my closet. Jesus, you can't, be, you can't be Lord over that. Or how about this one? Maybe there's something I'm bitter about. Someone hurt me. Maybe it was long ago. Maybe it was a parent who hurt me. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm holding on to something and I'm just bitter. And I'm going to hold on to that bitterness. And it's in the closet. And Jesus, you can't have it. You can be the Lord of all the rest of the house, but not what I have in the closet. And so why did I leave? Why did I leave that one blank? It's because I want you to fill in the blank. Go into your closet. And grab one thing and say, you know what? I'm going to make a step. I'm going to make a step. uh, I'm going to step closer to letting Jesus be Lord of all of my life. And I'm going to choose one thing out of my closet that I've had there for a long time. And I'm going to give it to Jesus and yield it to him. Jesus won't settle for anything less than fully yielding to him. And so I want to encourage you. Give him what's in the closet. He knows it's there. And you're going to be better off if you give it to him and let him be Lord over it. You know, in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus is talking to a church about uh, how they are half-heartedly following him, how they have their closets fully locked. Uh, they, were, they were enjoying a lot of things about their life, their, their money, their wealth, their experiences, and, and they were having a hard time with Jesus' lordship. And so Jesus says to them something interesting. In Revelation chapter 3, he says this, We know that, or, or I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold, and I wish that you were one or the other. What Jesus was saying to them is, is I wish you were either out or in with me, but I don't want any of this like just kind of in. I don't want any of this mediocre following. I don't want any of this, you know, uh, this, this, oh, I'm just a little bit in and a little bit out. Uh, you're either all or nothing with me, and, and I wish you were hot or cold. So, so let's just get on fire, right? Vernonia Church Online, let's, let's decide that we're just going to be on fire for the Lord, and we're not going to be hot or cold. We're just going to fully yield everything to him and choose something out of our closet and say, you know what, why not have the whole closet? It, Jesus, because really that's what we should do. And so let's let's not be hot or cold. Let's give him everything. And you know, the Apostle Paul reminded the church in the book of Romans, he reminded them that, hey, when you gave your life to Christ, when you were baptized, you put to death an old life. And by putting to death that old life, you're now saying you want to take a hold of a brand new life. And when we stuff stuff in the closet, it's like we're trying to keep an old life alive. Well, let's quit. Let's quit that. You know, the Apostle Paul, he said it this way in Romans 6, 3. He said, have you forgotten 
that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? Have you forgotten like the spiritual significance of, of what baptism is all about? It's all about saying, I'm, giving, uh, I'm putting to death an old life, taking hold of a new life that Jesus gives. It, it was a way for us to say, Jesus, you are the Lord now, and I'm no longer the Lord. In Romans 6, he continues later and he says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our life and we are no longer slaves to sin. I mean, all, all throughout chapter, uh, chapter 6 there, Paul is going to tell us about how in baptism we put to death this old life and we take a hold of a new. And, and the whole idea is, listen, let's go ahead, empty the closet out because that's an old dead life. That, that Jesus wants to do away with, and let's just let him have the whole house. In Revelation, talking to that same church where he said, I wish you were hot or cold, he said this. He said, I advise you to buy gold from me. Now, he was saying that to them because he just finished telling them that they were such a wealthy community, that they were such wealthy people, and that they were trying to buy all the things that would make them happy in life. And, and they were focused so much on that, they weren't focused on him. And so Jesus says, come buy gold from me. I don't think he means literal gold, but come buy, come buy something so valuable. It's like gold. Come buy spiritual gold from me. Come and get the gold, the nuggets of life from me. Come and buy gold from me, gold that has been refined. Uh, uh, gold that has been purified by fire then you will be rich spiritually you will be rich also uh, buy white garments from me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness what's he talking about there he's saying hey come to me and i will clothe you with purity with holiness i will clothe you with a new life and a clean slate and a fresh start come and buy spiritual gold from me which by the way we don't purchase it with money we give our lives to him we give our lives to him and so we come to him and we yield to him and and we we take a hold of the gift that he gives us this gift of new life this spiritual gold uh, and these garments that are white as snow and and clean and pure a picture of purity and so that we will cover our nakedness and an ointment for our your eyes so that you will be able to see and what he's saying there is i want you to be able to see spiritual truth and the spiritual truth is that you need me to be lord you need to yield to me, to surrender to me as Lord. You need to come to me and receive forgiveness and grace and eternal life from me as Lord. And the problem is, is if we don't do it, there in that conversation in Revelation, Jesus said, hey, because you're neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out. And we don't want to be that. We don't want to be in a place like that. So we want to be on fire. We want to be on fire and come to him. And, and we want to be hot. We want to buy the spiritual gold from Jesus. We want to accept his forgiveness and grace. And, and we want to have our eyes spiritually open to the truth that he is the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, fill in that blank. What is the blank for you? Is it one of the things we talked about or is it something else? Well, Yield it to him. Give it to him. 
and and you will find that your eyes will be spiritually opened as you yield to him as Lord. And the next one is this, the last thought, and it sounds a lot like the first thought, and it really is just because I'm a pastor and a preacher and, and I repeat the same idea over and over again sometimes just in another way. And the other idea is this, that I need to yield completely to Jesus. So I need to yield everything to Jesus and, and I need to yield blank even if I haven't been yielding it to him. I'm going to choose some things I haven't yielded to. And then the last one is I need to completely yield to Jesus. I need to give him complete everything completely. You know, we sing that song, Be with me, Lord Jesus. Be with me, Lord Jesus. Well, when we invite him to be with us, we're inviting him to be our guide, be our leader. We're inviting him uh, to, to be someone that we surrender completely to. You might remember that old hymn, I Surrender All. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my precious Savior, I surrender all. Well, this is the idea we're getting to. I surrender everything. I surrender it all. I surrender it all to You, Lord Jesus, all of my life, all of my love and affection, all of my worship, all that my life represents, it's time, it's money, the work I do, I surrender everything, all of my heart, all of my effort, I completely give everything, utterly everything to you. I give you my all. The Apostle Paul kind of charged ahead of us with this idea he, he says this in Romans 14, For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. The book ends of life. We don't do it for ourselves. For if we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Everything we have belongs to him. We're all his. In Proverbs 3, we saw that we were told to trust in Jesus and, and to let him carry us. And we talked about the idea of letting him carry the, us across the rope, right? And Jesus draws the distinction between those who said that he was Lord and the, those who really trusted and showed he was Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, he says this, Not everyone... Who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And he continues, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. You who break God's laws. And you go through that conversation he had with them, and, and you'll see the distinction between those who called him Lord and those who actually knew him as their Lord. And it had to do with yielding to him. 
It had to do with acknowledging his lordship and actually letting him be lord of our life. And he even used examples like, man, you can do all kinds of stuff in my name, but still not be known by me because you're not obeying me. You're not listening to me. You're not letting me be Lord. You know, one time, uh, one of the apostles was talking about preaching. And he said, you know, I, I need to be careful to, to do what I'm preaching about, because otherwise I could preach to all kinds of people but be lost myself. And that would be this idea of doing something in Jesus' name but not really knowing Jesus. And we need to, in order to really know him, we need to obey him and keep his laws and, and listen to him and, and have a personal relationship with him. And we need to completely yield to him. And here's one of the Christmas thoughts that this song reminds us of. This passage kind of takes us to it. Um, it. It's a Christmas thought that I think we really need this Christmas, and it's this. You know, when Jesus came as the baby Lord Jesus, when he first entered our world, that was God keeping a promise that he made. God made a promise that he would come, that he would come as the Messiah, as the Lord. That's the Christmas promise. And that promise was kept, and we have that beautiful first verse. And then we move from the first verse to the second verse to the third verse to where Jesus is ascended and and in heaven looking down, and we're praying to him and crying out to him and calling out to him. But there's a Christmas thought, I think, that that really can be encouraging, and it's this, that if God kept his promise about coming the first time he will keep his promise to come again and as we go through christmas where there's struggle where there's trials and and trouble as we go through a christmas of 2020 we remember that jesus promised to come again you notice that here in this passage he says many on judgment day will say to me lord lord on the day of judgment they're going to say to me lord lord but jesus returns on that day of judgment and all men face him and all men answer to him and and we realize that laying in that manger wasn't a manageable lord baby but but a manageable uh, but, but a but a lord who would uh, who's not manageable i'm sorry i, I kind of slipped up there but a lord who who is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Nothing comes uh, into being without this Lord who created it all, and he spoke it all into existence. This Lord uh, is the chosen one who saves us from sin. This Lord is the author and perfecter of our faith. This Lord is the Prince of Peace. This Lord is the Bread of Life. This Lord is the Light of the World. This Lord is the Savior and the lifter of our heads this lord is born the king of angels and and this is the lord jesus not the little lord jesus but the lord lord jesus and and he comes back he returns just like he came the first time 
miracles and all this time he says though when he comes back he doesn't come back as a baby instead he comes back as a warrior king coming to destroy his enemies he doesn't come in a, in a in a cradle in a manger he comes riding a white horse with a with a sword coming out of his mouth the sword of his word and he comes with with angels and armies of angels to conquer satan and death and hell and the Antichrist and, and, and all those who stand up against him. And he comes and he judges the entire world. And on that day, everyone will acknowledge that he's the Lord, but only those who knew him will be allowed to stay. And on that day, it says in Scripture, in the twinkling of an eye, and you know how fast an eye twinkles? I mean, that's fast. In the twinkling of an eye, Jesus returns. And he returns, and he will raise up those who are dead in Christ. He will resurrect them, and they will come to be with him. And he will take those who are still living, in Christ and and they will be brought up to be with him and and we will be with him into eternity after that and he will reign in this new world where there's no sin no pain no tears no crying no coronavirus no racism no 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 struggle at all there's only Jesus who is the Lord and we get to be living with him forever in his kingdom in the new heaven and new earth. And so when we sing, away in a manger, no crib for a bed, we don't leave Jesus there in that story. We let that story bring us to the end, to the end that we're all looking forward to. This Christmas story reminds us God keeps his promises. The Lord comes and it also reminds us that God keeps his promises and the Lord will come again. And it's all going to unfold just the way that he said it would. And I'm going to trust him with my life. I'm going to make him Lord of my life because what matters more than what I think is going to make me happy by keeping lordship over all these little things. What matters more is that I yield to him everything so that one day, here's this amazing, crazy thing that happens when we keep his promise. I give up everything for him, and in return, I gain back everything and more. Jesus once said, he who holds on to his life will lose it, but he who lets go of it will gain it. And when we let go of everything and give God lordship, make Jesus Lord, when we let go of everything, we gain everything and more back. And so I want to encourage you this Christmas. Let's make this Christmas about the Lord Jesus. And let's yield to him as our Lord. And let's let this Christmas be a Christmas where we celebrate not only what promises God has kept, but the promises that he will keep when he returns and let's get our hearts ready for that day by yielding to him everything yielding to him even the things that we've been holding back and completely and utterly yielding to him well i think i've said it so many ways today that we ought to just pray 
and let's ask God to receive all that we have to give as we yield and surrender to him together. Let's do that. Lord God, uh, you are the Lord. And now that we've talked about what it means for you to be the Lord, um, we want you to know that we really mean it. We know that saying we make you, Lord, doesn't make you anything. But it's us saying that we're yielding to you, submitting to you. And so, God, right now, we want to we wanna make you Lord. Lord, will you be Lord of my life? Will you be... Will you be Lord of my life and I give up my life to you so that I can so that I can take up life forever with you. Lord, I pray for each one who's joining us here online that you will help us to go deeper in our relationship with you as Lord, to connect with you as Lord. God, we're going to struggle. We've all got things in the closet that we need to pull out, and it's going to be hard. Some of us, Lord, are scared to do it. Some of us are just looking at that thing like we can't give it up, can't can't do it. And yet, God, you, you've given us the ability to do it. And the, we pray by the power that raised Jesus from the dead that, that you would help us to yield to you even the things that we might just be struggling to give to you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd help us to do it. I know that you're just waiting for us to do it. You're just sitting there going, man, just give it to me. I'll take it. And you, and you, you, don't, you just don't know how good it's going to be. And so, God, let us, let us just give it to you. It's in Jesus' name we all pray together and we say, Amen. Well, I want to thank you for going through that teaching time with me. And I want to enter into a time where we're going to continue our online worship by celebrating the Lord's Supper together. You know, it's uh, it's Christmas Sunday. And I don't know, I actually didn't say it at the beginning. I better say it. Merry Christmas to you. I, I'm so happy that uh, you're with me on Christmas Sunday this morning. And uh, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And what a what a day to do that. If you have uh, crackers or bread or some juice at home, I'd love to encourage you grab them and you know go to the fridge real quick, grab some stuff and come back and and we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together and what we do together as a church whether we're meeting online or we're meeting in person is every Sunday we do this thing so that we can remember Jesus' death on the cross for us. And the reason we do that is so that we can always have that be the the forefront of what we're doing together. You know, Jesus taught us that whenever we get together that we should be doing this. Uh, this is a time that memorializes what Jesus did. And so we call it the Lord's Supper because Jesus, on that night when he was uh, going to be betrayed, he he said to his disciples, I, I want you to 
to take take this and eat it. And he gave them some bread and uh, said, I want you to take this and eat it and do this in remembrance of me. And that bread that they ate together reminded them about how he is the bread of life, about how how he gives his life and and how his life would be broken on a cross for us. And so what we do as a church is we take some bread uh, and we eat it together and we remember the life that Jesus gave for us when he died on the cross. So let's do that now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the life that you gave for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's eat the, eat the bread. And then we take the grape juice. Um, in, in, in the Bible, Jesus took wine and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take this and drink it. Uh, in remembrance of me, uh, this represents the blood of the new covenant, the new relationship I want to have with you. And so we take we take this and uh, we we drink it together, this grape juice, and uh, which is unfermented wine. And we we do this so that we can remember the blood that Jesus shed. Sometimes people ask me, well, why don't you use real wine? And uh, one of the reasons I, I like to do this is because I know a lot of people struggle with alcoholism today and, and in our church. And, and so we don't want to cause a problem. So we use grape juice. Uh, we use we use unfermented wine. Uh, and so this is what we do. But I want to encourage you to drink this. And when you do it, think about the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for you so that you could know forgiveness and salvation and so that you could know him as your Lord, not as your Lord who wants to lord it over you, but he wants to be your Lord so he could guide you down the best path possible in life so that he could give you salvation and, and sacrifice himself for you. So so let's drink this together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the blood of the blood that was shed on the cross. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer together. Heavenly Father, we, we just come before you now and we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that he's done for us and, and all the love that he's shown us, the sacrifice that he that he gave us on the cross the life that he trades to give us his credit for, for his perfect life and take our sinful and broken life to the cross. A lot of the life that that we give to you and, and lay at the cross and let you crucify, a lot of the problems and the struggles that came were because we took lordship over our own life and we're not very good at that. And when we take lordship, things bad things happen almost every time but when you're the lord it's so much better and so we offer you our life on the cross and 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 we we just let you put it to death and we want to take a hold of the life that you offer us and we yield to your lordship so we could take it in jesus name we pray everybody said together amen well, once again, I want to say thank you for joining us as we worship that way. We're going to move into a time now where we're going to receive an offering and you're clapping at home because every time we receive an offering in an in-person church, we're all clapping and we clap together because we're just so happy that we have the chance to give back to God some of what he's given to us. You know, it's a season for giving right now and we're, we are still in the midst of raising money 
money to give to our fire department here locally. We have a volunteer fire department that takes care of our little town here in Oregon. And a lot of those volunteers have gone all over the state to help out with the wildfires. If you kind of followed the news this year, you'd know that Oregon had all kinds of crazy wildfires that happened. And so to kind of give back uh, to our community and to give back to those who are and help them uh, help them out, we want we're raising money as a Christmas offering to give to uh, our fire department to buy new boots and helmets for them. Our fire department still using old pr- personal protective gear, and we've raised enough to buy their boots and helmets. And now we're working towards our miracle goals to buy uh, turnouts, which is pants and jacket sets for our fire department. And we're still raising that. And so, uh, just want to say thanks to you who are giving to that, and thanks to you who are a part of that. And we're also uh, giving right now uh, because it's a part of our worship, and so we're giving our tithes and our offerings and we're saying to God, God, I, you're the Lord over all, everything I have, uh, even, even my money. And so we financially give and we, we financially give to our church so that, uh, so that we can worship God, so that we can give back to him, so that we can see the work that the church is doing spread and the message reach out. And, and there are all kinds of reasons we do it. And if you're here and you want to help us, you want to be a part of and join us in giving to Jesus right now, whether it's through the boots on the ground, uh, Christmas offering we're doing, or whether it's just in tithes and offerings, I want to encourage you. Uh, there are all kinds of ways that you can give. You could send your offering envelopes in. If you have those, you could go online at any time to www.vernonia.church, and there's a Give tab. You can click Give, and you can set up giving there. You can give. You could set up automated giving. You could set up uh, just a one-time gift. You could do, and, and anything you do helps and makes a difference. And so I want to thank you in advance for being a part of that. Uh, or you can text to give at any time. You can text uh, the word give, G-I-V-E, to 503-376-6646. And you can do that at any time as well. And so just a few ways that you can give. And so I just want to pray that God will bless what we do together as a church as we give so that we can see uh, this this work and so that we can see the message of Christ go out to the people we care about. Let's pray. Lord God, uh, we just pray right now for uh, you to bless what we do as a church as we give to you. I pray that you will bless the boots on the ground Christmas offering as we raise money to bless our fire department and our volunteer fire workers. I pray that you will bless our church as we continue to minister to people all over the place through our online worship and as we continue to minister with in-person worship i pray god that you will just move and work and be at work through what we do pray that you'll take every dollar we give and multiply it in people who hear the gospel and people who say yes and yield to your lordship and it's in jesus name we prayed everybody said together amen One last thing I do want to mention is we are here on uh, Christmas Sunday and we're moving into Christmas Eve. 
So we're going to be having an in-person Christmas Eve service at 5 o'clock and another one at 6 o'clock. So we're going to have two options. That way we can keep both services a little smaller, have social distancing. We are going to ask people to wear masks as you come in and as you leave and uh, until you're at your seat. And so we're, we are asking people to mask up and to come and social distance. But uh, we will be having two in-person services. But we're also, I'm not exactly sure how it's going going to what is it might just be a quick little devotion or thought but i am going to have a christmas eve uh, eve online service for you and but it's going to be i'm still working out in my head and in my heart what that's going to look like and so there will be something on christmas eve for you uh, if you if you want it and so you could join us here that night um, and I'll try to have it put up by by four o'clock, or sorry, by five o'clock on Christmas Eve. So that said, uh, I want to finish up today with declaring it's been a great day. Go ahead and wherever you are, uh, just declare it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. It's been a great day, and I hope you have a merry Christmas. <laughs>